Wasted Potential Podcast is brought to you by New Year's Resolutions. Why start in January? Stop being an asshole all year long. Go f*** yourself. Try it out, bitch. (laughs) Too harsh? (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Don't eat vegetables. (laughs) Wasted Potential Podcast is brought to you by New Year's Resolutions. Why stop being an asshole in January? You're one year round. I don't know. Yeah, asshole. Stop it. <laughs> Sponsor paid a scale. That's all they get. We're brought to you by New Year's Resolutions. Pretend you're going to be a good person year-round, start in January, and then give up in February. That's right. Put in the effort today. Unlike that <laughs> Peter Billingsley. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Burn that bridge. We are back. Wasted Potential is here. It is Ronnie and Shane. Hello. And we're doing our first, or we're going to do a um, 2020 year recap, where we're just going to read headlines from the year and talk about all the amazing things that have happened this year for us. Insert screaming and burning and zombies behind <laughs> us here. <laughs> so we're actually doing something kind of different. We did a discussion of Tenant before, but this is kind of like our first... We're not really watching a movie together this time. We're just going to talk about our favorite <laughs> movies and TV shows from the year 2020. Recommend some. Um, take a dump all over a lot of other ones. And then <laughs> yeah. we'll, I guess we'll end our podcast kind of doing a, a deep, kind of semi-deep dive on a film we just watched separately but together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is our... Um, it's gonna be our first like sober podcast, but I had to pour a drink to talk about our last film, so I'll keep that for later. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely drinking at nine in the morning, so we're ending twenty twenty on a um, a high note, I suppose. All right, so where do we want to start with this uh, recap of the worst year of my life? <laughs> you know what? It was crazy that the theaters have been open, but I've seen a lot of good movies uh, streaming and stuff, so I've enjoyed it. Um. My my thing is I'm only focusing on films and TV shows that came out in 2020 and in his usual anarchy <laughs> style of doing things, Shane did not follow that at all. <laughs> nope, didn't follow anything. You know, with the death of theaters, though, I've kind of been praying for this forever because <laughs> everyone loves the movie experience, but it wasn't the movie theaters that ruined movie theaters. It was you fucks that go to them. You talking... <laughs> fucking making jokes laughing obnoxiously sneezing you cocksuckers god if none of you ever went to a movie theater movie theaters would be perfect but you guys fucked it up so enjoy watching them at home i hope you got 4k bitches because christopher nolan's never making a movie again now with that let's do um one of the last movies i did see in theaters i'm sure you didn't see this one it's called the lodge so how would you feel about going to the mountains for Christmas with Grace? She really wants to get to know you guys. You okay? I don't want to leave you here with the kids if you're not feeling up to it. Uh, I'm feeling fine. It was my idea and it took a couple days. I can do a couple days. Okay, guys, I'm off. Have fun. This is probably my favorite movie of the year and it's not for everybody. It's a... Um... 
really quick synopsis is a um a young woman um she's a girlfriend of a um a man who recently divorced his wife and he has two kids and a tragedy happens and then the husband thinks it's the best idea to take his new girlfriend and kids for Christmas to a lodge and then he leaves them to go on a business trip and then absolute uh, nightmare ensues. <laughs> Sounds uh like every family vacation. <laughs> <laughs> really. What I love about it is the cinematography and the lighting. They do a lot of like, um, it's very Kubrick-esque, a lot of kind of like... Um, long like kind of sh- like not shots but like kind of like these long like co- like um corridors and like these long like shots out of windows and stuff um it stars um, elvis's granddaughter oh riley kilo or kielo i can't pronounce her name and it's i think it's a swedish like made film but it's all in english and um she's excellent and i don't want to give too much away because the, there's a little twist in it where like um she's the survivor of a cult oh so what it really does is um, these kids hate her, and I don't want to say why, but like imagine like you know your dad's got a younger girlfriend, so they don't like her at all. From then that plays into the the mind game. It's very The Shining, where it's like, okay, is she crazy? Is are they messing with her? What's really going on? You don't know what's actually happening to her because she's got trauma in her past, and. Um, it's miserable. It is a bleak, bleak <laughs> tone of a film. And Go see this movie. It's miserable. <laughs> hey, I'm starting with the miserable one first. But I, I like it because it's, um, it's bleak and it has a, a strict tone, has great cinematography, and excellent act- actress. I've never seen her anything before, but she does a great job. And um, in the first ten minutes of this movie, you'll know if you like it or not. It's, <laughs> it starts off with a, an exclamation point, and then it just... Um, it kind of calms down and then it riles up at the end there. So if you're not into feel bad movies, then I'd avoid it. But the reason why I mention it is I, we saw this in theaters in February and it was like Friday night, like date night couples. Oh. And <laughs> the, the first five minutes, the two couples walked out. <laughs> and I was like, yes, this is my movie. They're like, we're going back to quarantine. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I would be locked up in my house. But um, it, I love it. You have to be in a mood for it. But if you like The Shining and you like horror and thrillers and you like weird kind of psychological stuff, it's pretty fantastic. So that's my movie of the year for me. You have nothing to be scared about. I'm looking at my list and... I don't know if I have any movie of the year because my favorite movie on this list, I think, was made in 2019. Um, so I'm going to approach this from a person who hasn't been able to keep up on movies as much as I'd like to. So I used 2020 to catch up. My favorite so far of all the catch-up movies has been The Lighthouse with uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Tell me. What's a timberman want with being a wiki? Just looking to earn a living. It's like any man. Starting new. On the run. Keeping secrets, are you? Robert Patterson has made such a jump in his acting career. Like, everyone thinks about him from Twilight. I have forgotten Twilight, and he's now one of my favorite actors, hands down. He is so goddamn good. We mentioned him in our Tenet um, podcast, and I was saying, like, he's my new favorite actor. Yeah, he's so good. And uh, 
it's good to see him getting away from, you know, freaking Twilight and that whole thing. He's really distanced himself. But the lighthouse, without spoiling anything, is about two men that work at a lighthouse. One is like an old sea dog, Willem Dafoe, and the other is a, the new guy. And um, basically, it's about two men and what happens to them when they are trapped together. They're both kind of crazy to begin with. But um, what happens when they're all stuck on a lighthouse island for like seven months? And as you can imagine, they lose their fucking minds. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect movie if you want to forget about being quarantined. If you just want to watch <laughs> Willem Dafoe say crazy shit as a pirate, you're like, <laughs> you lighthouse. <laughs> he, it's just so dirty, and but it, but it's never boring. The way they communicate with each other and everything, it's... I can't even say that I kind of get it. It's just a great actor's movie. Mm -hmm. But it's not just like Denzel sitting at the dinner table talking to someone. Like, it's there's some art to it. There's some cinematography. There's some looks to it. It's not just the actors. But, uh, yeah, The Lighthouse. See it, definitely. It's from uh, the director of The Witch, which is like my favorite horror movie in the past like 10 years, Robert Eggers. So I saw this movie like when it came out in 2019, and I was a little disappointed. And it's because The Witch is so fantastic that this, this like falls a little bit because, to me, the plot's a little too simplistic. Yeah. Like, by the end of it, I thought there'd be some kind of bigger thing, but it's not. It's It's more metaphorical. It's more kind of... You take the interpretation as you want to, as opposed to the witch, where it's like, no, there's a witch, there's yeah. a witch, and but it's not about the witch; it's about how humanity turns on each other. So the lighthouse does follow that same kind of theme of like, when you're trapped, you just become awful. Yeah, they kind of followed something. I thought they were gonna make Willem Dafoe deeper. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he does this all the time. Like this is his mo type thing, but they didn't really. I like how it's. This very, very low-key comedy. like <laughs> Yeah, it is hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious in the way it's shot. Like, you'll just see someone do something very violent, and it's kind of funny <laughs> in the way that it's portrayed. Or It's just, it's a great movie. Uh, the director definitely is an outstanding director. Yeah, but you have to have a tolerance for... So I'm surprised you liked it. You have to have a tolerance for metaphors and imagery, like... It's got so many great visuals, and if you're a fan of mermaid porn, you'll love this. Oh, God. I had to take a few breaks during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we been on this rock? Five weeks? Two days? Help me to recollect. All right, what's your next movie? This movie we actually both saw. I, I watched it, and I texted you the next day and said, watch this so we can talk about this. It's called Sputnik. What's the plot of Sputnik, Shane? Uh, Mother Russia sends two of her heroes into space where they meet capitalist alien... That sucks the life out of its uh, person. Uh, the astronaut is then studied 
shenanigans ensue, Alien kills everybody. It was kind of funny if he really wanted to be like, like artsy and like uh, film critic. We could talk about how like the aliens like a metaphor for communism. <laughs> Just taking no, 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 taking. no, 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 definitely capitalist alien. <laughs> okay, let's just argue which political ideology this alien likes to follow. <laughs> no, Sputnik. Um, not a bad movie. I'll state that. I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, it fucking sucked. But I was disappointed. I'm disappointed in the ending. I think the I think 80% of this movie is pretty great, and I think they used their budget well. And the actress, it's it's in Russian, and subtitle obviously in English. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the actors are all fantastic. They, um, but I think they're limited by their budget, and then the ending becomes kind of a dumb action movie that kind of undercuts the whole message that the main character is really going for. I wish they could have stuck into the creepiness area a little more. Um, the, the alien looks pretty good. I felt like it was building to something that never happens. Like, Because the idea is, spoilers, turn it off now, we're going to spoil this movie. Because um, it really doesn't really have twists, per se. So the alien like lives inside of him, right? And it's using him and feeding off his hormones or something in order to grow. And he's, it's using him like an exosuit because it can only survive in our atmosphere so long. And eventually it'll build up enough tolerance that it won't need him. So that's kind of what I thought it was going to. It was kind of a race against the clock to figure out how to separate him from this alien before it doesn't need him and then is just murdering everyone, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't do that i thought they were gonna like keep doing this like intelligent thriller and then we have our big like the aliens loose in the compound type thing which i almost would have preferred i know that's more simplistic but i'm not saying that we needed like you know colonial marines type shit but like i think the alien and her sparring off because let's face it this movie is basically a russian alien (laughs) yeah it's a combination of alien and aliens it's like it takes two of the I'm not a bigger fan of Aliens. I'm more a fan of Alien itself, but like it has like the the action of like Aliens at the end, but then like the kind of body horror and like slow build up of Alien. Yeah, I really like the build up and the introduction and the slow like oh shit, it's this and that. Like the reveals are good, especially when they find out like it's been they've been feeding it humans. Um, I don't know if I like the fact that it eats humans in order to scare him so it can get hormones. I think that's kind of dumb. And, like, a weird roundabout way to feed. That's way too complex for life form. Like, it should just... It needs to come out and eat at night. So they feed it. Well, I was confused. Was he feeding off of the fear of the... Of the person he's parasiting off of? Or he's feeding off the fear of the people it's eating? I thought it was the fear off of the person... Him. Because they're always Mm -hmm. like, his hormone levels. His hormone levels. Like, so I thought... It was killing things. Because, like, they had, like, a mind connection, too, which I thought was kind of dumb. I like the mind thing. I think it, it rushed it too quickly where he could, 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 could like, control it. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's a two-hour-long movie. You would think you'd kind of dull that out a little bit earlier and kind of build into it. But he doesn't figure out until, like, the last 30 minutes that he can control it, kind of. And then, by that point, he's doing, like, Jedi mind tricks with it. Yeah. The ending is really, really rough. So then the... I guess the twist of it is, it's kind of obvious, it's, it's the Soviet Union, they're going to use the, <laughs> the alien, 
Like, well, the, the argumentation at first is, well, if the Americans found it, they would be learning the most things about it first, right? But then it becomes like, now we want to turn... It's like the Jurassic World thing. We want to turn it into, like, a... A weapon or something, yeah. Yeah, I think it falls apart in the last kind of 30 minutes of it, but I do really enjoy the first hour specifically. The actress, I don't know her name, but she's excellent, and she's kind of like a... She's kind of like Ripley, like, she's a little more kind of... She, she's a doctor and she's a little not, not saying Ripley's not intelligent but like she's more professional yeah she's more um like oh, what's the word I'm looking for university based or like she, she's trying to learn she's trying to learn and she's way more intelligent than the guys around her and it's pretty excellent so it's very much like the alien but but yeah and then and then you texted me the like what the fuck was this about the, the kid in the wheelchair oh that whole side plot was so dumb because the idea is you think you're looking at his orphan that he abandoned, and then mm-hmm. it turns out to be her life story, which, why the fuck does any of that matter? I see the parallels that they did, but like that's like like they tried to punch up the, the characters instead of just sticking with the story they had. Wait, I'm confused. That was her character? That was her. Because remember, like, they make a comment that I thought the other whatever... Or they're like, hey, little boy, and she's like, I'm not a boy. I was confused. So then why in the end was she there in the end? Is she talking to herself? She, she, no, she went and adopted his kid. But the kid that we've been seeing that was trying to sneak out with the wheelchair was her. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. You, yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was like, just like, oh, that's his kid. Fucking dumb. I missed that. <laughs> like, real dumb. It kind of reminded me of, like, did you ever see First Man with Ryan Gosling, the Neil Armstrong movie? No. Okay. So I like it a lot. And what it works for me is it's not about him in space. It's about him trying to leave the trauma of the world behind. And the, the tie-in is, is about his daughter. And I was like, oh, I think they're going for that. They're trying to do like some kind of like sentimental thing to tie you into all of this. But I'm like, I kind of like their character without the orphan thing. So I was like, I don't think you need it. Once again, it's kind of like aliens because Ripley, when she takes on that orphan kid and is protecting her, she becomes her daughter because she lost her daughter. And every, like you understand that, but it's done so much better because mm-hmm. they don't really address it per se. They just stick within the story. They don't flash back to Ripley raising her kid and swinging her kid. You get told her daughter's dead. You see it affects her. And then when she meets that kid, you, you start to see her mother her. I don't think I would mind it in a different movie, but this movie, it's kind of just jarring. Yeah, it's very jarring. Um, I did like the alien. At first, I was like, ah, oh, Jesus. Um, I wish it would have grown a little bit, because like, they do have some issues with size in this. They kind of Godzilla complex it a little bit. Sometimes it looks like it's like 90 feet tall, and then other times it's just like the size of a rabbit. I kind of took that as like, it's pretending it's smaller than it is because like it got really big when it wanted to be intimidating because it was kind of like small and pretend to be kind of pathetic but then it got really big when like it was face to face with her with the glass and stuff but mm-hmm. i think they show it too much at the end like at first like you said like it's subtle it hides it in the dark kind of like alien but then they show it a lot more and then it loses that kind of um, nefarious kind of feel and kind of terror they should have stuck like an alien where you quick see it like you're like, oh i think that's it or, oh god, it's right there, isn't it? You know, like, played with some shadows more, played with some of the, you know, the old horror tropes, because the, they work. It's a proven fact, the less you show the monster, the scarier it is. Yeah, because your mind is more the 
the terror for you, but I'd rec- I recommended it. Uh, it's it's on Hulu, I think, now for free. So I, I'd say check it out. Oh yeah, as a free movie, it's a it's a good watch. If you like Alien and you can accept that it's a Russian alien, it makes sense. Sounds more, more like a B movie, Russian alien. <laughs> Russian alien. It's, <laughs> it's not though. It is a B plus movie. <laughs> yeah, it has a B movie plot, but it's it's taken pretty seriously, and that and it's not goofy at all. So I'm gonna continue down my list of another movie I watched. This one's definitely not made in 2020, but <laughs> I've talked to a lot of people outside of my house. Don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> but and none of them have seen this movie. So I think a lot of people need to see this movie because. I haven't seen a good Western since Tombstone, and I will say that I think I like this more in Tombstone, which could be like, <laughs> oh! Uh, it is called Bone Tomahawk. Yay! Starring Kurt Russell, and we definitely won't spoil any twists. Uh, we'll talk very lightly about this movie, because if I if we tell you the twist, then it loses its uh, charm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, So I swear to God, I think I texted you a year ago to watch this, because... Because I've seen this on Netflix for years, and mm-hmm. I like westerns, but I'm just like I'm just not in the mood for this. I like I love Kurt Russell, I like westerns. I was like I was in the mood for this. Then one day I was like I ain't got some time. I'm just gonna watch this, and I had no idea what I was getting into. And I immediately texted you. I texted Dan. <laughs> I texted my friend Brian. And I texted my friend Josh. And I said you all have to watch this now. Uh, ha- some of them watched it and they said, "What did you make me do?" <laughs> they had no idea. <laughs> That's one of my side hobbies is watching shocking movies and telling my friends to watch them without any context. Well, and it's not just like a shock movie. It It's a really good Western up until it has its big reveal or twist, you know. Like, um, you wouldn't, like, think that it'd be fun to watch people just walk through the plains, you know? <laughs> like, It's a testament to the writer-director. His name is... W.S. Anderson? No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Is uh, S. Craig Zoller pretty close? Um, he's a, a musician. He's a, a an author. He's a, now a writer director. He's fantastic. He did um, Brawl and Cell Block '99, which you should watch, and we should do a, a podcast on one day. And he did another one called Dragged Across Concrete, which I have not seen yet. But he's fantastic. He's he's compared to Tarantino. I could see it. He's very good dialogue. He's an excellent writer. Excellent flowery dialogue and then a lot of violence. So he's very Tarantino-esque, but I think he stands on his own, though. Like He gets those comparisons, but Bone Tomahawk is a unique film where it combines oh, yeah. two different genres. And when the change happens, it's shocking, but it fits perfectly and it changes the tone. Yeah, it's not jarring. Well, it is jarring, but it's not... It's aliens! You know, like, it's it's better. It completely makes sense, and if if you watch the first five minutes, you get a feel for the tone mm-hmm. of, like, this is something different, but but if you like yourself a Western and have a strong stomach, I like it's your choice, but I, I couldn't recommend this more. This is a fantastic movie. Really good actors. They did oh, great. Yeah. Um, I thought his little sidekick was going to get super annoying, but the way they develop him and everything... He just grows on you. Oh, yeah, the dad from Step Brothers. Um, yeah. What's his name? Richard Jenkins. You have uh, Patrick mm-hmm. Wilson, who's um, who's in, like, The Conjuring. He was in, like, crappy-ass Aquaman. You even have Matthew Fox from Lost. 
which is like weird because I can't stand <laughs> Matthew Fox and Lost, but he was great playing like this weird kind of like kind of he's kind of an asshole, but he has an understanding of why he's that way. No, Bone Tomahawk. Watch it today. <laughs> Watch it now. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much because we don't want to spoil it. Whenever I have people who I recommend watching it, they go, what the hell is this? And it's fantastic. So they say both things. They're shocked, but they love it. That's exactly it. Okay. Um, do you have any more on your best list? Um, yes. I have two movies I'm going to go through really quickly because they kind of have a similar theme in common. The first one's called Yes, God, Yes. And it's a comedy about a high school girl who's blossoming and figuring out her sexuality. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) She lives in a small, small religious town, and then she's selected to go on a religious retreat. So it's basically like um, they're constantly shaming each other about sexuality, and this girl's so confused and doesn't know what what to do and what to believe because everyone around her is a hypocrite. (laughs) (laughs) And why I picked this is um, I was raised religious and not against my will. I fully loved it. I was into it until whatever didn't matter. But the point being is I can identify with this character of people constantly shaming you for sexuality, specifically like masturbation and pornography. And then when you talk to them one-on-one, they're like foul and they're hypocrites. I'm not saying that just people who are religious are hypocrites. Everyone is, but just movie focuses on how everyone has a sex drive and it's completely natural and that no one knows what they're talking about. (laughs) So it's really funny. It's from the, uh, the actress. She's the older sister in stranger things and she does not look like a high schooler at all, but thankfully she's not because this movie (laughs) delves into some really, really awkward sex stuff, but it's pretty great. It's, it's funny. It's got a nice little message there. And going off of that, of religion and cults, I watched a movie called The Other Lamb. It's a, this one's more of a thriller kind of a horror thing where it's about a, a, uh, a cult leader who looks just like Jesus. It's just kind of, it's kind of off-putting, but it's kind of hilarious. But um, he has a, a brood of, of, of like 30 females, just him, and they live in the forest. And um, you can probably guess how they make more kids. And how he keeps going there, and he basically convinces them of old school, old testament, where like they're sinful and that they need him to be healed, that their periods are a sign of evil. So he's just an absolute monster, and it's just about this, also about this young girl, like her eyes being opened up to like what's going on around her. So it's kind of like yes, God, yes, but awful, <laughs> and more like a um, it makes you feel bad, but. It just basically captures of like growing up as a teenager and realizing the things you believe in are not the things you're going to believe when you're older and it gets dark. <laughs> so it's, it's it's the prequel to the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, less fun. <laughs> so there you go. If, if, if you're into films about religion, one little more fun or one little more dark and culty, then check out. Yes. God. Yes. See what type of movies you like to go for here. Yeah, I yes. If you don't notice, I like weird, messed up, bleak films. I also like sci-fi and horror. Prime Videos just says, "So you like Amazon? So you like dark sex cults, huh?" <laughs> I do. <laughs> Here's Manson documentaries. <laughs> but yeah, check out Yes God Yes or The Other Lamb if you're into either kind of the humorous side of religion or maybe the darker kind of cultier side of religion. And then my last best for the year is Die Hard. It's Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Is Daddy coming home? 
A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Definitely watch it. It's the best Christmas movie ever. Die Hard. Did you just recently watch it again? I watch it probably seven times a year. <laughs> it's a little much. Okay, really quickly, why? What, what about it do you love? Bruce Willis is just so charismatic, especially young Bruce Willis before he just got sick of movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the writing is excellent. You just The beauty of Die Hard is we feel like, especially now, I feel like no one feels they can make fun but smart action films. Die Hard doesn't feel completely ridiculous, and it is completely ridiculous. Never does he, like, find a Lamborghini and launch it out the window and, like, like The Rock tried to make a Die Hard called, like, Skyscraper or something. <laughs> and it just feels so cheesy. And I think a lot of it's because, like, we can CGI him jumping and... Like, they didn't have that in Die Hard. A lot of practical effects. Dude really jumps off the building. Like, that's why kind of the Mission Impossibles are still, like, considered the best action movies today because they stay somewhat in the realm of reality. Not really, but it looks real. Yeah, but also, like, the things they're doing are entirely tied into the plot and not just nonsense to show off because they can. Right. He doesn't, like, have this big high-speed chase because he found motorcycles. It stays within the building, keeps it small. Hans Gruber is one of the best villains of all time. Because he's smart, he's calm, and he does things that make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a good action film, and I always watch it because it reminds me of how far cinema's really fallen, especially big budget movies. Mm -hmm. I am definitely a person that will, to my grave, say that like big studios are fucking it up so hard, <laughs> and I am so glad to see them struggling now. Like, because <laughs> I think blockbusters are going to start to go away. And mid-sized movies are going to start to come back where executives are a little more lenient and not like, we got to make a hundred billion dollars or it's a failure. <laughs> I doubt that. I think those big blockbusters are just going to be name recognition things like Fast and the Furious, Marvel, and Star Wars because they'll make money back and everything else is going to be Art House or Netflix and Amazon Prime funded. <sighs> Yeah. Happy New Year. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Die Hard. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? Okay, let's go on to some um, some of our more disappointing ones. I'll start. <laughs> so I think the worst movie that I've seen this year, I've seen a lot of trash, but the one that yeah. I hated, and I think it's because this is not my type of movie, and so why I hated it so much. It's called Holiday. Oh, God. I am done casually dating on the holidays. There's way too much pressure. It's ridiculous. Try being the only single person left in your family. Disney Gray. Here's my holiday. What? I date solely for the holiday. No commitment. It's a Netflix original film that I don't want to talk too much about. But it's got Emma Roberts and some Australian guy. And the plot is she's single and she's like rude and hates people ask her that she's single all the time and doesn't have kids so then she decides to meet the, she meets this guy and decides to every holiday they just hang out and he she takes him as a holiday to christmas and new years and valentine's day thing but they don't have sex or shit 
But no, but like it doesn't make sense because they're not even friends. They're just literally like you're a friend prostitute. You come over and we both are just hanging out. That's it. There's like no. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like why don't you just get a friend? Was the writer a man? Because it sounds like a man that's plays friend zone and he's like trying to reach out to someone he knows, so he writes this script. <laughs> no, for me, what it sounded like was like. Someone one time said a holiday as a joke, like kind of a pun, and then someone heard that. The author's, well, the director's a man, the writer's a woman. And the woman's like, that's a hilarious idea. Let's make that into a movie. And it's miserable. And it's rated R. So it's like, it's, it's like a Hallmark movie, but they can say fuck in it. And eventually they do have sex. And then obviously the conclusion, you can kind of guess what's going to happen there. But the, my problem with it is the main two characters are really unlikable and... They'd probably get together and they'd get divorced after a year because they're both miserable, self-absorbed people. <laughs> yeah, um, holiday films really been struggling as of late. I think holiday films that are classic, like feel good, suck. But once again, I'm not a person who enjoys romantic comedies. Like I, we watch. Why aren't they in a sex cult? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, like we watched White Christmas. Wife and I watched it for the first time. We turned it off after 45 minutes because it's like it's just like people blowing smoke up each other's asses and dancing and singing. Like this is obnoxious to me. Watch uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. That's a joyful movie. Oh, we watched that the other night. It's fantastic. <laughs> Sex cults and Muppets. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> oh my God, you you don't want to know my internet <laughs> browsing history. <laughs> <laughs> Human beings aren't meant to be alone on the holidays. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Yeah, the worst films I've seen this year have been holiday films. Um, Bad Mom's Christmas? Uh, <laughs> I've always loved Christmas, but as a mom, it's a lot of work. In between the wrapping, the shopping, the cooking, the decorating, and only one thing. Oh, no. What is it? Could make it even more stressful. My mother's coming for Christmas. What a piece of shit. I <laughs> I hate it when you, you look at this and you go, okay, this is their answer to Bridesmaids or The Hangover. Like, you know those type of movies, which I'm okay with going in. I'm Like, The Hangover is not, like, some grand movie. It's just its actors are hilarious. So I was like, okay, Bad Mom's Christmas. There's some talent in there. Um, I forgot the one girl's name, but I really like her a lot. Marla Kunis? No, 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 no. Her friend that's like the whore that, you know, has the... Uh, Susan Sarandon is her mom. The premise is like, oh, mom comes over. I thought the premise was going to be like, these moms say fuck it, and they're going to party for Christmas. Catherine Hahn. Yes! She is a very funny actress. I actually like her a lot. She was the best female role in this and she was mildly funny what's the plot i don't even know i, I haven't seen bad moms nor the nor the christmas they all have crazy moms that come over for christmas and instead of being like real moms that we can all identify with they're so over the top that no human being would exist like this or they'd be put in a mental institution mm-hmm. like it's <laughs> like i get with comedy you go over the top a little bit but comedy has to be relatable, too. And you also have to have characters that are redeemable. Yeah, and it's just awful. I laughed one time. One time. It was because the guy from This Is Us is in it, and his name is Ty Swindell. And he says, they're like, how did you become a stripper, Ty Swindell? They always call him by his full name, which I think is kind of funny. And he's like, well, I was a firefighter, and one day I answered a call at a strip club. And I walked in, and the strip club owner said, hey, man, 
you look good looking. You got a big cock? And I said, I do. And the rest was history. Oh my god, it's so lazy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only funny line. Because I was like, that's kind of funny. I, that's pretty hilarious. I just pictured him being like, you got a big cock? Oh, I do. So he quit his job and became a stripper. Like, <laughs> Listen to the on podcast where we mansplain humor for you ladies. <laughs> oh, it just... It had potential that it could have been funny in the right hands if it would have toned itself down and stuck to more like zingers but instead of like susan strandon going fuck this and fuck that fuck 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 you're like okay well super bad cusses all the time but it's funny because it's high schoolers who think they're being cool by doing that and it's funny um it's also by legit comedians uh wanda sykes is in this and i laughed at wanda sykes but she wasn't doing anything for the plot she was just doing a wanda sykes routine which is usually (laughs) pretty funny made no sense either but yeah, don't watch this movie. I've realized, especially with some of my friend groups, uh, they all watch these Christmas movies and go, oh, I had fun. And I go, wow. I uh, I didn't know there was people that liked this, but I think we're in the minority. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't normally like romantic comedies, so I, it, it takes a special kind of one to make me interested in it. But these kind of like films, I'm just like, no, this is, it's got an audience. This is not for me. <laughs> yeah, don't watch any of these new Christmas films. Especially the one we're going to talk about later. Oh my god. It looks like a parking cone. He has such kind eyes. Put a baby in me, Santa number two! Oh, my disappointing movies. Like, there's a bunch of movies I wanted to see, and I had a long list of movies, I had to cut them down. But this is the one I did not really want to see, but I'm going to talk about it because I hated it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Sherlock Holmes when uh, summer after high school. I read through and listened to the audiobooks of uh, the three main Sherlock Holmes collections and also some little offshoot ones. Huge fan of Sherlock Holmes, like Sherlock, like the TV show, the um, Guy Ritchie ones are okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, this year they released Enola Holmes and it's about um, the sister of Minecraft and Sherlock Holmes and she gets to go on her little adventure and it was atrocious. Now where to begin? My mother named me Enola which backwards spells alone. And yet, we were always together. And it was wonderful. This is the worst Sherlock Holmes movie ever, and I know it's not about Sherlock Holmes, but I think specifically I'm looking at this as a person who likes the the novels a lot, and it's so insulting because there's no mystery. The mystery is so (laughs) painfully obvious like, I get this movie is made for tweens, but it's just like, it. the person who wrote it has no love for Sherlock Holmes. Harry Potter was made for tweens, too, and it's a literary masterpiece for most of it. <laughs> it's made for for teenagers, and I'll get into a second why I, don't, I think it's a, a BS argument, but Sherlock is played by Henry Cavill, which I don't have a problem with him, but he is not Sherlock Holmes. He is not. No. He's not intelligent enough, and he's not... He's suave, but he's not Sherlock Holmes. And his Sherlock Holmes take is dashing. I'm like, no, this is not Sherlock Holmes at all. I would have rathered uh, the guy that played Vision. Oh, Paul Bettany? Paul Bettany would be a good Sherlock Holmes. Because Sherlock Holmes isn't like, oh, he's jacked and he punches people in the throat. The real Sherlock Holmes is just investigative. Mm -hmm. That's it. And kind of crude. Have you never read a Sherlock Holmes story before? It's basically they sit and they talk for the first 
three-fourths of the book. And at the end, there's a little action scene where he's where Sherlock tells Watson to get a gun. And we're going to capture them. That's that's literally how it is. They're slow and they're cerebral. Watson is the strong man. Yeah. And, um, and then they ruin Mycraft, Holmes. If you've read it, read the books, Mycraft is a big old fat diplomat who's highly intelligent, even more intelligent than <laughs> Sherlock. But mm-hmm. in this one, he's just an asshole. He plays the patriarchy because there's a whole feminist theme to this, which was, I get it. But it's really lazily done because it's, it takes place during like the suffrage movement for women in the in Britain, and half of the theme is like Minecraft's like women can't vote, and Enola is like women can do whatever you can, you can do whatever you want to, ladies, and then their mom is Helen Bonham Carter, and she almost like a terrorist because they're gonna blow up something <laughs> for women's suffrage, and then Sherlock's like I don't know, what do I know? I'm not smart. And it's all takes place around a really terrible mystery that you can call within the first couple seconds of when it starts. And then to add it on top of it, it's really violent. <laughs> There's this guy trying to murder these two kids. And and like he holds her underwater for almost a minute where she's like stops breathing. And then he shoots them. It's and then, <laughs> and, then, and, then and then they concave his head in on a statue. It's so violent. Like it was a mess. And and the biggest I people like this and I don't like this in movies. I don't like fourth wall breaking. I, just, I I think it's lazy, especially in comedies. And she talks to the screen the entire time. So this movie was just not made for me. I thought it was atrocious. I thought it's really well shot. And the girl, she's the girl from Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown, whatever her name is. She's good, but the movie is so bad. That I am so sick of them casting Stranger Things kids because they always play Stranger Things kids. Uh, regardless of what they're fucking in, and they have made me hate them. I loved Stranger Things, but I'm so fucking done with it because all those actors going off and making shit fucking movies. Like, at least uh, Daniel Radcliffe had the decency to go make crazy films instead of, like, just another Harry Potter. Do, like, a British plays where he's naked. Yeah, exactly. That's what you have to do. You can't just keep doing... I know I'm saying this from a standpoint of I'm not a multimillionaire. And if Disney came today and said Dance Monkey, I'd say, what jig would you like? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's frustrating. And it looked charming. I feel like good writing is so hard to find nowadays because no one knows how to do a deft touch. It's just like, look how evil the past was. Women couldn't vote. Instead of like introducing the topics. Because I'm not saying you hide history from kids um, or anything like that, but there's nuance to these things. I completely understand that that like white men are awful and that, that and historically we do pretty terrible terrible things. But if you paint like these teenage movies with a very broad brush, it kind of doesn't uh, you don't understand the complexities of like. Yeah, women's suffrage is really important, but you shouldn't blow it up. You shouldn't blow up Parliament. (laughs) Terrorism's not okay. Period. For any cause. That should be for Vendetta. You can do whatever you want. That movie's about terrorism. And and the whole point of it is, look how gray this is. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, oh, V may not be a good person. It's then a fun family adventure film about a girl showing her brothers how smart she is. (laughs) Don't watch it. Don't support it. And if you've already watched it, well, sorry. It's my fault. What are you planning, Mother? She always had a reason for everything. Her own way of doing things. Perhaps she wants to change the world. 
Perhaps it's a world that needs changing. Really fast before we go into TV, two movies that change the tone of murder and uh, misery. I watched um, Vast of Night. I, it's on Amazon Prime. It's fantastic. If you like slow, slow sci-fi, it's about a UFOs above a town in New Mexico and the, these two young high schoolers dealing with it. It's pretty fantastic, but it's slow. I think you'd hate it, Shane. Probably. And last thing we watched was an Amazon Prime original called Sound of Metal, which you should try check out, actually. It's from... Um, from a director um escaping me he did one other film that's pretty good but it's from the actor riz ahmad he's the um, uh what's that nightcrawler he's the uh the other guy in nightcrawler oh, yeah. and he's also in uh, the night of where he plays a kid accused of murder he's a good actor and he plays a, a, a punk or a metal drummer who's losing his hearing and he has to deal with like his entire life being thrown upheld. It's kind of like um, a drama, kind of like a character study. It's pretty great, but the ending will probably piss some people off because it has an ending, but it's not a very fulfilling ending. <laughs> he becomes an insurance salesman. <laughs> <laughs> not even that. It, it kind of ends abruptly and I get it. It's not satisfying on a cinematic level, but it makes sense on a personal level but i liked it a lot if you're into like a kind of a harder sad movie but it's pretty good mm -hmm. fantastic acting by the way his uh he and his girlfriend are both excellent actors all right sound of metal okay you ready to dive into tv shows yeah the thing that is destroying and taking over movies <laughs> <laughs> i don't have it on my list here but should we talk about the mandalorian i haven't seen it so you can talk about the mandalorian uh excellent john favreau is one of the best writers of our time when he writes things i mean he's literally responsible for the revival of marvel and he's now probably going to be responsible for the revival of star wars he is just so good at keeping things simple and taking a simple premise and just keeping it on task um star wars in the rise of skywalker has potential if you don't stay in a tight line it gets off the rails and you get clone wars like <laughs> <laughs> he is so good he just takes a spaghetti western basically plays a DD campaign <laughs> <laughs> uh but excellent i'm not gonna spoil anything obviously if you're listening to this you probably watch or know the mandalorian i want i watched season one and season one's good I don't really have a desire to see season two, but I probably will watch it during the holiday season. I'll probably binge and Season two is not as good, but fanboys cream in their pants over season two. Oh. It's it's huge fan service, but I will give them this. Every time they were going to fan service, I could spot it a mile away and I rolled my eyes. And then by the end, I was like, okay, I'm a little, I'm a little giddy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how it should be as an adult Star Wars fan. You should be like, oh, Jesus Christ. But if they do it well, you go, all right, thank you. Uh, well, once again, I, I don't give a two fucks about Boba Fett, but the first season was like, this is interesting. So I listen to it. I'll check it out. Witcher was the next one I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I think that's 2019 as well. I think I watched at the beginning of quarantine, so I think it's 2020. It's close. Well, regardless, if you haven't played the games or read the books, this show does not give a fuck about you. <laughs> 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 
they drop you right into the it's like starting harry potter in the middle and not telling you why he has a scar who voldemort is or that magic exists that magic exists (laughs) it's just like harry wakes up and like we just start with him waking up in azkaban like (laughs) you're just like what the flying fuck and for four episodes you're entertained henry cavill is an excellent Geralt, and it's filmed well it's written well but you're so confused until I wasn't because I went, Oh, I know where they're doing. That's weird. What? This is jarring. Why would you start here? They about episode four. I think they finally identify where you're at in the timeline. And then you're like, Oh, okay. I'm going to save you some frustration because I don't know. I played the game a little bit. I don't know much about it. It does a flash forward and flashback. There you go. I saved you frustration. Yep. It's yeah. The timeline is not linear. It jumps back and forth. And they don't tell you they're doing that. No. You're supposed to just piece it together. It is so frustrating. Um, the Witcher is a very depthful story. Really good. So it's, it's a huge, huge world. Huge. You, you have to be really... I don't know. I'm coming as a casual person. And I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. It's goofy, but it's, I enjoyed oh, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, as goofy as any fucking fantasy world is about a mutant that hunts monsters for money. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous, but um, it's very, very, very enjoyable. And lots of nudity. Huzzah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find... Okay, nice. It's, it's hard to go find good fantasy. Like, I'm a huge fantasy person, but Lord of the Rings is kind of like the zenith of it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to find things that are in that caliber because no one spends a billion dollars on fantasy. <laughs> so fantasy looks like trash, but Netflix dumped a bunch of money into it and it shows. And it made a lot. And um, CD Projekt Red who's not really doing well right now. Um, but <laughs> it revitalized The Witcher. Like, so many people bought that game after the show. And um, My only criticism is the, the timeline and the acting, besides Henry Cavill, is pretty bad. I, th- I think they skimped oh, on the actors, and they picked the actresses by who would show off their breasts the most because they're not the best actresses. Like, how are you with just having your tits out the entire time? <laughs> I'll do it for Netflix. But I think the next season will look a bit a lot better because now Netflix feels comfortable dumping a lot more money into it because I think they had a pretty low budget for the first one, considering. I think they spent it all on Henry. <laughs> I think he even took a pay cut, truthfully, for it. Isn't isn't he, like, the reason why I got made? Isn't he, like, a huge fan? Huge, like, uh, video game kind of nerd fan. Yeah. He's a big fan of the series. He loves, like, uh, what, Total War or Warhammer He's like a big nerd. Um, he's big of the nerd community. I'm sure if you listen to this, you probably already watched it, but it's pretty good. Go watch it. Lots of beautiful people. They all get naked. I'm going to dive into one that I think only I watched. It came out early this year. It's called Devs. It's from the director of Ex Machina and Annihilation, which is some of my favorite sci-fi movies of the past 10 years. Really quickly, um, it's a complicated, complex, convoluted sci-fi premise where basically it takes place in Silicon Valley and Nick Offerman, or Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation, (laughs) is basically, um, uh, I don't know, like Zuckerberg or like Steve Jobs kind of guy, and they make a huge discovery because of this discovery, there's a fallout, and then this woman who works for the company is trying to solve the mystery. Why I love it is because the writer-director, Alex Garland, 
loves moral conundrums. Yes, he does. He loves to take what you believe and turn it on its head and watch you struggle with the questions and doesn't give you clear-cut answers to make you feel good. So I don't think Devs ends on a completely amazing ending because philosophy doesn't end on an amazing discovery <laughs> of, of the world is meaningless and empty. But I love the writing, I love the acting, I love the directing. It's beautifully shot. He makes good look at films. Yeah, uh, and Nick Offerman is fantastic. He just looks melancholy, completely depressed, and rightfully so. And it has these huge, huge moral like things. I don't want to spoil it. It kind of I, I want to talk to you about it just one on one because I you should check it out and let me know. But I, right. the philosophy behind it is what I love about it. But check it out if you like things that mess with your brain. <laughs> And a really violent, surprisingly, it's actually some surprising, like a lot of espionage in it, which is like, like I figured you'd like that too. Hmm. So I, I loved it, but it's not a, it doesn't end with like a happy kind of. I feel good about myself. It ends more in like a, oh, here I, <laughs> I am. Feel. I'm like, oh, my favorite one was the one where they hunt monsters and have a happy ending. And Ronnie's like, they have a sex cult and they're killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one's different. This one is there's no God and everything we do is pointless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a trend. Um, uh, my next show I'd like to bring up is really smart, uh, well-made, uh, beautifully shot uh, Trailer Park Boys, the animated series. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was, I was going to go, is, is he going to go this way or this way? I was trying to see where we're going to go with that. That was awesome. I fucking love Trailer Park Boys. And they made an animated series where they... they since they're all just getting old, and, you know, R.I.P. Jim Leahy, they just make a cartoon, and it's Trailer Park Boys the cartoon, and it is hilarious. If you love Trailer Park Boys and that dry, dry Canadian humor... Canada dry. <laughs> yep, the cartoon is just as beautiful as the show. <laughs> I watched five minutes, and I was like, I'm not in the mood for Like, this. <laughs> they, they literally just act like real life, and they acknowledge that they're cartoons. <laughs> Yeah, oh, really? like, that's kind of the funny thing, too. He's like, holy shit, I could shoot my dick off. And they shoot, like, Corey's dick off. And he's like, man, what the fuck? And then it grows back, and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, it's, you know, if you don't like Trailer Park Boys, then you're not going to enjoy it. But uh, <laughs> watch it. It's worth it. Those guys have a style, and they keep going. They've been going freaking as long as South Park, so. Do you want to address the boys, yeah, let's let's just quickly cover the boys since I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen it, and obviously it's good. Yeah, if if you've seen the boys, you've probably seen the boys. If you've seen the boys, you're not going to start now, probably. But what is your reaction to season two? I I always look at it as instead of this smart thing about you know what superheroes are real like in real life as just like fuck you Marvel, like that's why <laughs> fuck superheroes. Like that's what I love, and Carl Urban is really a gem. They take this premise, then the wrong hands would be eye-rolling, and it's really good, and it's so dark, yet they somehow use Huey to keep your light lit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he, he's the only thing you can grab onto in this dark, awful world. I'm, like, mixed on this season, because I think most of it is fantastic, but the things I like more, which is ironic for me, the person who likes this dark kind of stuff... I like it when it's lighthearted. Like I've, I had the funniest moment this entire year is when they run through a humpback whale. 
I was dying uncontrollably laughing so hard. And then I love the Scientology stuff. I love the the literal middle finger at Zack Snyder's entire DC universe. Or spoiler alert, she's literally a Nazi. <laughs> yes, and that's where I love the Nazi and it cracks me up. But the thing is, I should probably not say that. <laughs> <laughs> Out of context, um, when I drop just that line. Uh, yeah, good thing I edit these podcasts. <laughs> the only thing that kind of set me off, not set me off, it just I got kind of uncomfortable is when it delves into the very heavy-handed Donald Trump stuff. Uh-huh. It, it's It's very, I don't know, this year has been miserable. And this election, which was absolutely a nightmare, and I hated every minute of it. I'm watching the boys during the election. I'm just like, this is not the time to be watching this because it's it's mimicking real life so well of like the absolute, like absolutism of believing in these political characters that are moving aside like their awful views on both sides of the aisles. There, Mm -hmm. just the absolute love and fascination with any political or any person in the spotlight is gross to me yeah but it's really heavy-handed with the whole like make america white again type of stuff and the nazi thing so it was a little hard i was like oh this is too much for like real life and i get it it's a great satire because it does mimic what's going on with the the maga nation stuff it's 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 obviously hyped to a thousand percent right but it's to me i was like i don't really want to watch this but by the end of it you what happens to her she's she's she gets like melted, right? It's kind of like, okay. In the end, it gets goofier. Yeah. And it kind of accepts what it is, but it's a little too close to home. They do a good job because it feels like an entire film about just Trump Nation. And you're like, okay, I get it. But I, I hate political agenda movies because they never fall into nuance. They always just treat, while they're saying like, look how awful it is that these people are black and white while the show is being completely black and white. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, But the way they end it, where the person that's on the other side of the spectrum that you're like, oh, good, is just as evil. Yeah. So like you're, no one's good. You're just trapped. You're just everyone thinks they're choosing good, but you're just trapped between two evils. That's the smart part of this show. It does a really good job of mimicking real life, where you know, choose your poison type thing. Yeah, because this season the 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 Trump administration and all the all the the MAGA people got like. Dragged to the mud, but next season we're gonna get the whole like she's literally um uh the o- OAC. She looks yeah. like her, she acts like her. So you're gonna see the the more liberal kind of dictator type of thing on the opposite end for that side. So I'm actually excited for season three because I want to see where they're gonna go with the the different portrayal of a different type of evil. Yeah, I'll be I'll be curious, and I hope the writers don't pussy out. No, they need to go after like because like I don't have any loving feelings for any Trump voters and stuff like that, but I 100% like I they need to like go for it and attack the other side too. Yeah, um, it's going to be fun. We're not a political show, so if you want to know who we voted for, I voted for uh, Tiger King, so he lost again. I voted for the the intergalactic candidate, and no one cares about that one, so whatever. Let's talk about that. We've been talking to the intergalactic federation this entire time, and the representatives have been Israel and the United States? What? I know, and, and it's the craziest thing that the Gorgons landed. We need to kill the Gorgons! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, hands in the air. 
like you just don't care. <laughs> Kill. So I'm just going to, I only have one TV show that I'm going to just say is the worst piece of shit ever. Um, other than Grey's Anatomy. Are they going to say the crown? <laughs> oh, I actually kind of liked it. It's weakening though. First season's good. Then you realize they're just a bunch of pedophile rich people and you're like, oh fuck, I'm done with this. I'm in the middle of season one and all I, all it's done is solidify that I hate. Monarchy? The royalty. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's simple as that. Most... I hated them to begin with and I hate them. How more. does it exist in today's world? Like, why does it exist? Why is it allowed to exist? Considering that, like, England's, like, super liberal, pretty, like, ahead of the progressive curve. Like, why the hell do you still have a monarchy? It doesn't make any sense. It baffles me, and as I watch it, I just get angrier. I'm supposed to, like, learn to like or understand these people, and I just hate them more. It's, yeah, it's miserable, but it's well-written, well-shot, and well-acted. So It just it. makes sense why the Romanovsk ended the way they did. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get, let's get to dumping on some TV. Yeah, the, the worst one is The Bachelor. I'm going to tune out for a little bit. Uh, the Bachelorette, Bachelor. What? I don't get it. What are you all watching? And I know if my fiance is listening to this, she's plotting my death in my sleep now. But I, I just don't get it. A show about finding love where everyone pretends to be something so they can become a social influencer afterwards. And the audience is in on it. Everyone knows that they're not finding love. Everyone knows, like, but you watch this? What? I'd rather watch Bad Bombs Christmas. That has more <laughs> reality than The Bachelor. And, like, Chris Hansen or whatever the fuck his name is, he's always just like, but how, how does that make you feel? So when he called you a poontang snatch um, <laughs> and said, I ain't playing no games, I'm here for love, and if... And if you want to play games, then game on. How did that make you feel? Well, like, honestly, I thought he was, like, I knew that that he wanted to play games. And you know me, I'm not a game player. So, but if you make me play games, game on. (laughs) And and all you do is go, and he's like, "Mm, mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm going, what the fuck did she just... What did it? What? This is a hit show. <laughs> it's only like like fifteen seasons, right? It won't stop, and it's like there's just fandom everywhere. I don't get it, and I know there's people that are like, I know it's not real, and all this. You're just being a rude cocksucker. Like, shut up. If you are fully aware of what you're watching, and you're watching it ironically, I can accept that, because I I do the same thing with certain things. But if you are not, there are too many fans for it all to be ironic watching. <laughs> there are people who are watching it seriously. And for you, I say, you're what's wrong with America. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it, but you're, you keep telling me that I like dark and cynical stuff. But I think The Bachelor is way more dark and cynical I <laughs> than anything I've been watching. I have been waiting. Year. And there's been twice that I had hope and they crushed my hopes. One... I'm sure who, if there's fans, but I watched it and a sloth got out of the car. A person in a <laughs> sloth costume. And they were hanging from trees instead of talking to the bachelorette. They were like doing sloth things. They'd even move slowly into rooms. And I was like, if that sloth makes it to almost the final round, I have faith. Like if she goes on, on a date and she's like, 
I I just can't get a connection. He he's always hanging from trees. <laughs> He'd even eat salad slow. I think it was a she actually. I think it was the a bachelor. But I was riveted. I was like, how long are they gonna play this sloth thing, and just keep throwing everybody off? Like I hope the per- is it done like sincerely? The sloth was doing it seriously, and then finally they're like, I'm just joking, and I was like, oh. I'm taking it so seriously, like, oh my god, how does my dress look? And like a sloth comes in, like, what's up? I admire your bravery. I don't know. What are you gonna tell your grandchildren? I pulled up in like a sloth costume. You know, you have to like think these things through. Oh my god, she's in the damn tree. She's in the she's in the tree. The sloth is in the tree. She is not in the tree. No. Oh my god. The sloth's kind of kind of weird, but I bet she's nice. I just want to know what she looks like. Like, who is this person? Hi. Oh boy. I am so excited to talk with I was really hoping the sloth would just have to, like, go accept a rose. <laughs> I just feel like I need to get you know you more. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't have any interest in watching this. And then there was one where he, I, I think it was the last seasons, The Bachelor ran away. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Please say he just ran off into the Hollywood Hills and is, like, just living in the back country. Because <laughs> he doesn't want to be on this show anymore. So there you go. You watched it. <laughs> um, my last TV show is a disappointment for me. Um, it's called Lovecraft Country. It's on HBO. Uh. It's um, we only watched two episodes and we gave up on it. But it's um, it's about an, like a, an African American. I guess their family. It's a it's an African American man. This uh, African American woman. He's kind of has a love interest with, and then and then the um, the protagonist's uncle. They, uh, they're basically making a green book. They're going through the southern country. and kind of, well, He's on a, a mystery to find his dad. The uncle's making a green book. You know, the movie green book. Yeah. They go through the country yeah. and they kind of like find spots where it's acceptable for African-Americans to go or friendly for them. Mm-hmm. And she's there for some reason. I don't remember why. And the first half of it is just kind of like dealing with race during like the Jim Crow era. And it's really like serious. And it's like, oh, this is like a really good. A real heartwarming. <laughs> it's not only heartwarming. It's 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 more it's more it's more horrifying, and, and it's a horror show. It's a horror mystery. Mm-hmm. But then the protagonist likes H.P. Lovecraft, and he has this really interesting kind of discussion because H.P. Lovecraft was a terrible, terrible racist. Yeah, terrible racist. If you don't know anything about him, and he's kind of coming to terms with that, realizing like I can separate the material from the person, and everyone's a flawed thing. So it's kind of like gray, and it's kind of icky, but. A little bit of nuance. It's a very open discussion about a very hard topic. And then out of nowhere, Cthulhu monsters come up and start eating white people. (laughs) It's the weirdest tonal shift ever. It goes from like this realistic perspective on this terrible part of our history in the South to all of a sudden it's a cabin in the woods horror. It's episode one only. And these Cthulhu monsters are eating these honky ass people. 
and it's so jarring. I love, I like Jordan Peele horror movies. I liked uh, Get Out. I liked um, Us, but this one, it's too goofy. It's too serious. Race. Let's talk about this versus these Cthulhu monsters are eating white people's heads off, and it they don't meld together. And I think the real horror is how miserable the United States was during. You know, the past 300 years, that's more horrifying versus these monsters that are kind of goofy. In episode two, it goes into like this weird, um, like death cult of white people, kind of like the Illuminati thing. Mm -hmm. And then it jumps the shark by doing this portal into another dimension. I'm like, uh, these don't fit. Yeah, it sounds like they need to stick to more of the mental thing. Like maybe he's seen Cthulhu monsters, but they're not real type thing. That's the thing is that the first episode, the first part of it is he's in the war. He's fighting in, I'm guessing, World War One, maybe? Mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess World War One, And he's seeing these images of these Cthulhu monsters coming down. So you think it'd be cerebral, but no, it's literal. Like, oh, those actually monsters. So. <laughs> so no, I could see where it could have gone, but it was disappointing and we stopped watching it. But it's a good act. It's some solid cast. The cast is great, but... I was like, this is too goofy for me. And I don't mind goofy, but I don't think the tone shift works for me. What's around if I lost this? I'm doing this to protect us. You can't win this game. They setting up for you to play. This legacy belongs to our family. We gotta face this new world. Instinct, I'll claim it. that's uh all the stuff that's stuck in here obviously for the worst the election but you already heard that um (laughs) uh yeah that's kind of a wrap up those are just things that have come to mind we obviously seen more but we're gonna end this pretty long podcast with an even longer discussion on one film in particular to end the year we could wrap this up really quick though (laughs) if we really wanted to but but i think this movie deserves it's own discussion yeah and that is mel gibson and one of his it's not his return to acting but his rise um and the oscar snubbed uh fat man i don't know what i'm doing wrong i've lost my influence maybe it's time i retired the coat you still have it some kids with a deer rifle put two holes in the sleigh, one in me. All I have is a loathing for a world that's forgotten. The United States military would like to procure your services. This is a one-time deal, gentlemen. Okay, so this is my fault. I take complete blame for this. Um, wow. Usually it's Shane, the one telling me to watch terrible movies for our podcast. This is my fault because I saw the trailer and I'm like... This is going to be dumb, and I know it is, but it looks like a fascinating train wreck. So I sent Shane the trailer, and he said, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I only it. got like halfway through the trailer, and I was like, why are we not watching this now? Give us a little plot synopsis there, Shane, because I, I, I picture this movie with you describing it as a synopsis. The synopsis of the film is there is a man who lives in North Peak who is Fat Mel Gibson, and he turns out to be Santa. Uh, Santa has been giving coal because he is the balance between good and evil children, apparently. He's like Krampus <laughs> Santa. 
Like, <laughs> but then there's this rich kid who wins the science fair every year and tortures people who beat him. And he... <laughs> we're not making this up. It sounds like we're making up a sound. He gets coal... I swear to God, I thought this was an American Dad episode. I literally was like, this seems like a Family Guy episode. Apparently it was or something. But this kid gets Cole, so he hires another evil person who has got Cole for Christmas, and now he's a hitman. And he hires him to kill Santa Claus. So he goes (laughs) up north to try and kill Santa, who has now contracted out with the u.s military to make fighter jets instead of toys because he can't pay the rent that is the best part of the film (laughs) i have so many this movie is what this podcast is complete wasted (laughs) potential in the hands of the right director this could be such a schlocky fun movie that you're like yes this movie is dumb but god damn it is it i love it you know, it could have been funnier. Um, it could have been more abrupt with the violence instead of constant. They had a lot of ideas that are funny. And the idea of playing it straight is funny, but it was played too straight. To the point where you can't get the comedy out of it because you're playing it too straight. Yeah, it takes it. I was trying to decide what to do with this movie. Because I'm like, taking playing it straight is funny, but it's... It's funny for a trailer. Yeah, but it doesn't have its self-awareness of how goofy it is. It has this terrible script. Let's break this down the scene. Okay, so this is what is baffling to me. So there's this, there's this evil kid, and he's a spoiled brat where basically his grandma or his mom runs some kind of... Some kind of illegal operation. And they didn't really say, I don't think, right? Uh, I don't know, but yeah. She's, she's some kind of... She has a bunch of money and it seems like she's getting it illegally because this kid has like servants and then like, and like this kid can afford a hitman. Like he just like takes his mom's check money and pays. But he lives in a house with two rooms and a staircase. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say they cheaped out on this movie. Like, I don't think they had any money and I'll get into that a little bit later. He pays a hitman to take the, the girl who beats him in the science fair, this really smiley pigtailed girl and they kidnap her, kid, kidnap her. And they shock her or threaten to shock her if they don't give the best in show ribbon to him. And that could be so funny if it was taken like goofy and kind of a little like satirical. But it's a hundred percent like diehard straight face. Like this is not dumb. This is we're taking this seriously. And I think it's a detriment. Yeah, they needed some like breaking where there's it is a comedy. Some like Pineapple Express kind of stuff. I was thinking more like um, uh, Machete or Machete Kills. You see the Robert Rodriguez movies <laughs> yeah. where it's like, where like Machete is like a serious, no joke guy, but everything else around him is over the top and ridiculous. So you have like <laughs> this action hero in a goofy world. I think that would be better. Maybe like Kick-Ass. Where like in Kick-Ass, like it's really yes. funny, but all the violence is extremely serious. Where this is the opposite, where everything is so serious. So then when it does tell jokes they fall 100% flat. Like, this kind of goes back to our science podcast where I feel like Mel Gibson took Ambien for the first part of filming this movie. And then out of nowhere, they gave him Prozac because he starts making these weird, goofy, <laughs> jolly jokes. 
And then at the end of the movie, when it gets serious and violent again, he's like going off of like Prozac withdrawals and he's like grunting through his teeth like Alex Jones and he's just angry again. It's like he's hit all the levels of pill addiction in this movie. It's so strange. I'm thinking of things that could have been funny. Like there could have been like an elf SWAT team that reacts when they're being attacked and that'd be hilarious where they're just like, let's go! And they're like, like putting on their shit. Like, kind of like the Santa Claus, but, but violent. Just some funnier, lighter shit. And like, you talk about all the things and you're like, oh, that's funny. Like Santa can't pay the rent, so he's contracting with the U.S. military because the U.S. military is like, God damn, you make guns quick. Like, <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, but these are all funny ideas that are terribly, terribly um, uh, implemented. Okay, so the beginning, I thought they're gonna show Mel Gibson in a sleigh with a terrible green green mm-hmm. screen background. I would have laughed my ass off, but it didn't. He goes into a barn for Christmas, and you just you see him the next morning. So I thought, okay, then they're not going to do any magical stuff. But then there's a scene where he's in a bar and he's, for some reason, has like a Christian like morality where he tells a man to not bang the waitress because he's married. Right. So it's like he's a weird morality, but then he has magic. And then I was like, oh, they have elves, but they're far away. They're not going to show them, right? There's no way. It's too goofy. And then they show them. Yeah. They have full scenes where like these U.S. military guys are having conversations with I think they're little people. I don't. I can't really tell if they're just short, shorter actors, or if there's like a a visual thing going on. But they're having these ridiculous conversations with elves about eating sugar, which is stolen from the movie Elf. You're taking this all seriously. Yeah, he's like, you need vegetables and protein. Imagine what you guys. I'm like, oh my god, shut the fuck up. All they had to do instead of that long discussion about protein and and shit was just have him and his, like, liaison officers be like, oh, we're going to the cafeteria to get food, and it's just all fucking candy canes and and shit, and they're like, do you got any sandwiches? And like, oh, do we? And it's just a candy sandwich, or an ice cream sandwich, you know, like, a little quicker. And then another scene, when um Walter Goggins is an excellent actor, I like Walter Goggins, he's in, like, um, Justified, and he's in uh, Hateful Eight, he's the uh, hitman. Mm-hmm. He is so serious, but he has a pet hamster that he has to... There's a whole scene where he has to go to the store and get hamster stuff because of traveling to the North Pole. And I'm just like, what is this scene? Is the comedy that he has a hamster? Or is it supposed to be funny because he's like a hitman, but he has a soft spot for animals? Like, I don't get what this funny. It's so... I just... I kept looking and going, man... In the hands of another director, this could be a fun little movie. Yeah, it's uh, and it's ugly. It's all gray, and like that would be interesting. But then, in the middle of the movie, like I mentioned already, Mel Gibson's like making jolly jokes and like cracking stuff, and he like lifts a um, a big thing of pallets with packages on him, and he says, and and the, the joke is he's so strong, but these military guys can't lift it. And he goes steroids. I'm like, oh, it's a joke, but. It's not funny. It should be funnier, like, like ah, some magic gets you. Like, there's so many failed opportunities. He should have just lifted that and be like, that came handy in Estonia in 1927. Chimney fell on me. Or, you know, like, so just, or like, I was waiting for a scene. I wish instead of just one hitman, it was like a gang of hitmen. Because I was waiting for a scene where Santa's like, oh, you brought friends. And he gets in his sleigh and, like, Mrs. Claus has, like, machine guns on the sleigh and is just, like, gunning down 
people, like, with machine guns. Like, some more fun action. Or the reindeer are, like, like meal kicking people. Yeah. They're eating people in the forest. Like, a guy's like, ah! And it's like, <laughs> and it just eats him. And then and there's also these weird scenes where, like, Mel Gibson is awful. Yeah. And it's like, he's either has no emotion... And there's two scenes where he's like trying to cry. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then he's gritting through his teeth and anger. And then the other ones where he's like trying to make jokes. And it's like, I don't know if they didn't give him any direction. And they just like, hey, Mel Gibson can do whatever he wants to. But I was just like so confused. And then Mrs. Claus, or I think her name's Ruby. She's like a legitimate actress. And she 100% like gives her everything. But no one else got the memo. <laughs> It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, they needed to take it more over the top, which is about a movie where Santa, like, instead of him threatening that kid in the end, I think it would have been hilarious if, like, instead of coal, he left dynamite. Like, <laughs> the kid's like, oh, what did I get this year? And it's like, tick, 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 blows up the house. <laughs> and Santa's just flying away. Yeah, diving into the violence, like, the first half of this movie, there's, like, no blood. Every time Walter Goggins, who kills basically everyone he encounters, mm -hmm. like, it cuts away. So then, at the end of the movie, they just start murdering all the military and all the elves. And you're like, oh, now it's getting really, like, gruesome. And then you have the stupidest confrontation uh. where, like, they're a mile away from each other shouting... And then he has a, a scoped assault rifle and can't hit him. It's, yeah, he, he kills everyone one shot except for Santa. And then he gets super, super like, I think it's going for a Tarantino vibe where out of nowhere it gets really gruesome. It just, it's it's off-putting. The tone is just wrong. Like, like, this was just like a whiplash of like what they wanted to do with this. And this movie is terrible, but I was constantly fascinated with every decision that was poorly executed i was just like what are they doing it was like watching a slow train wreck because i thought this movie was two hours and it was only an hour and a half and i felt like it was two and a half hours because they stick too long they need to just keep the pace moving less about that fucking kid i think it may have even been funnier if it wasn't the goddamn kid it was just this guy that's obsessed with killing santa claus because he fucked him one christmas and then you just have this commentary about how Kids are getting worse and worse, so more coal's going out. Speaking of which, did you get a um, a Mel Gibson rant vibe when he was sitting there talking to Mrs. Claus about that, saying all oh, these kids are getting he's bad, and then the, the media? I was waiting for him to go into his full 20, 2006 uh, like uh, like tirade against the Jews. They kept him far away from the booze before that scene. <laughs> oh, Mel. It's sad, too, because I watch this and I kind of miss Mel Gibson as an actor. I, I like him. He's he's got presence on the screen. Uh, he's kind of lazy now. He's kind of fallen in onto his lethal weapon ways a little bit, like a lazy lethal weapon. Yeah, well, speaking of Tom Bone Tomahawk, he's in S. Craig Zoller's latest film, uh, Dragged Across Concrete. I haven't seen it yet, but he's in it, and he's actually supposed to be really good. But he plays like a bad, like a terrible cop. So I think it it plays more Perfect. into how we see him now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, after where he was, what he did, it's really hard to revive any career from that. I don't know, Roman Polanski still makes movies and, you know, what he's doing. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, this is one we might want to revisit maybe next, like, Christmas or something and watch it with, with, uh, with Dan. Because I, I think it'd be more fun with people who yeah. could laugh at it. Because my wife and I are watching it and she's like, what is this? And I said, I don't know what this is. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think it would be a good Christmas film. A little less fun than Small Soldiers, but yeah, real miss. No, it's it, it's not fun and it's not funny bad, but it is fascinating to see like how you screw this up. A really fun premise, like you said. They had me so excited when I watched the trailer because I was like, oh my god. But I think it's just more of a funny trailer because you can't play the whole movie serious like the trailer. It's funny in the trailer when you do that, but you can't do a whole movie like that. I think you could, but I think that the, the tonal shifts is the problem. Like, I don't think it'd be a fun movie. It was completely straight faced with no attempts at humor. I think it'd be a miserable movie, but that would be what you're going for with a serious film. Or you the opposite. You make it a satirical kind of goofy one that's a little more fun, kind of like more like Bad Santa where it's dark, but it's got like humor in it. I don't know. Well, Fat Man, you all don't need to watch it. No, don't spend the money that I spent on this. Yeah. Then, then get drunk and watch it and be just as confused as we were. Watch Die Hard. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's a good recommendation. Watch Die Hard. <laughs> you just rushed a big time! What's the job? I'd like you to kill Santa Claus. Is that our 2020 recap? Is it over? I think so. I, I don't know. It, it's been a, it's interesting just kind of like this the, This year has been strange. Like, you know, like talking about Mel Gibson rants and then like strange. Like last week, I think it was like Tom Cruise had a weird rant. I'm just like, I don't, I don't get why everyone's so like high strung and like really like upset about everything. This world, this like this year has been great. I don't get uh, it. I know that. Are you kidding me? Hey! What's wrong? Sprint, get away. You're too close what's going on over there no 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 no! we're not this is not you mother i am doing everything on this house and you go do this you mother i don't want to see it again from you from you that is it we are not shutting this podcast down all right what's, what's going on over there cats weren't social distancing oh no are you are you okay like are, are you safe there are people who can't afford their f***ing houses! And we're here, filming a f***ing podcast, putting food on the f***ing table! You motherfuckers! Shane, are you hungry? You need a Snickers? <laughs> I need Thetans. <laughs> we're sponsored by Snickers. <laughs> um, goodbye, happy 2020, and hopefully 2021 is not as miserable. We're not shutting the fucking podcast down! <laughs> Fuck you, Santa. <laughs> <laughs>
You gonna say that to the man in the chair? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get backlash from this one. <laughs> okay, um, this is our really quick epilogue sign off to the podcast. Um, thank you for if you're still here listening, subscribing. We appreciate it. This podcast is only like three months old, but we're gonna be taking a really brief hiatus in January. We're kind of redoing some stuff changing some things i need some time to get caught up on some editing stuff because we're a small production but in february we'll be out with some new episodes and a new concept yeah yeah we're going to be doing a glass half full where we don't um just shit on films or just get belligerently drunk we just get minorly drunk and talk about films we (laughs) like uh they're gonna be a little bit shorter so you don't have to like sit for the long form ones you can kind of get a bite size of a little positivity bitches we'll still be doing our, our longer commentary tracks yeah, but yeah with the size of our production here we need some time in between so shorter episodes will save some of us who have to do the editing yeah i'm working my ass off around here so about time ronnie pulls his weight <laughs> <off> little bit. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lazy piece of shit but um but thanks for listening happy holidays yay